0: This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, in a speech last Friday, announced that he would be raising interest rates again in an effort to bring down inflation. Powell said, quote, while higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. Meanwhile, corporations are the ones setting prices higher than they need to be, inflating their profits to an all-time high. My guest is Michael Mitchell. He's the Director of Policy and Research at Groundwork Collaborative. Welcome to the program, Mike. Thank you for having me so first uh when mr powell made this announcement it shouldn't have surprised us right this is basically what the federal reserve has said that it's been going to do uh for many months this year and in fact it's probably one of the only tools that the federal reserve actually has at its disposal right to to address things like inflation
1: That's exactly right. This has been an ongoing trend now uh, this year in terms of uh, rising interest rates. And to your point, uh, this is one of the main tools that the Federal Reserve has. And to what you just pointed out in Powell's speech, um, the tool that they're going to continue to employ, even though in Powell's own admission, it might not actually be the right tool. And actually it not the right tool uh, to be utilized in this moment when we're talking about uh, rising prices that are happening uh, due to um, constrained supply, uh, a war taking place in Ukraine and Russia, uh, and and issues in a, in, a, in the resolving of a pandemic. So um, the concern here that 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 I hold um, and that we really need to lift up is that uh, the Federal Reserve is actually putting in place a policy solution that doesn't address the underlying factors and may cause more harm than good.
0: It's interesting to see the language that he used in his speech. Uh, Softer labor market conditions was an interesting sounding euphemism. What does that actually translate to?
1: Yeah. So I think first, it's important that when we look at Powell's language here uh, and other economists as they're talking about uh, what we're seeing right now in the economy, um, it's really important that we're actually able to look through the econo-speak. Right. So we talk about softening labor conditions uh, or we talk about, as Powell puts it, some pain um, and and put that in a context of what that actually means. So so um, if we talk about the jobs numbers uh, from last month, what we're looking at is a labor market that added five hundred twenty eight thousand jobs. Now, we know that over the same time period, inflation actually did not um, year over year, inflation uh, did not or. uh, budge up, so month to month, excuse me, uh, we saw 0% inflation in July, um, annual inflation is also subsiding. Um, and it, we actually saw inflation adjusted wages um, were down about 3% annually. So we uh, have got this range of different economic um, indicators that are moving in different directions, um, but the Federal Reserve still sees, sees it as prudent to continue these interest rate hikes um, that will not just mean pain, but will mean actual unemployment um, and difficulties in making ends meet for countless families uh, if they continue to pursue this path. And and that's what's really at stake here is uh, not some broad idea of pain, but actual people day-to-day who are trying to make ends meet, uh, having more difficulty in affording the basics uh, because we're taking a path here um, from the Federal Reserve that is ultimately harmful and not the right set of solutions that we need for this moment
0: so basically the government in raising interest rates increases the cost of borrowing right so any time you borrow any borrowing that's done uh federal interest rates had in past years been very low almost zero uh but now with those rates rising when you borrow uh, it it makes um, the the interest rates go up. Your payment, the cost of borrowing goes up. But who does that actually affect? I mean, does that effect, affect affect uh, home borrowers? Does that affect someone taking out a student loan, for example? Um, and and draw the line for me between increasing the cost of borrowing and inflation.
1: Sure. So uh, we can take a step back. And when when economists talk about inflation. Uh, and and when people experience inflation, I think are, are two kind of different things. Um, and and so first, when economists talk about inflation, they're generally talking about the kind of time over uh, rise in prices. Uh, this is measured by you know various indexes, but we often talk about the consumer price index. Uh, and so we can see over time the ways in which prices go up. Uh, and this can happen for a myriad of reasons, as I talked about earlier. If you if you have supply chain snarls that are caused by say a pandemic uh, and companies are not able to bring goods to to market uh, and they're not able to meet demand, prices will go up. If you have a war uh, and it's impacting either, you know, the ability to, to pull oil out of the ground or say grain, um, you know, that can have ripple effects to an economy and prices can go up say in either in energy or in food. Um, now, uh, at the same time then, if you have these pressures that are putting uh, increasing prices uh central banks or so the federal reserve can look to raise interest rates in an attempt to what they say cool the economy down uh, and what that can do is uh, when you raise interest rates increases the cost of borrowing so companies who are looking to uh, borrow money might think twice or might limit their own investment uh, they might cool down on hiring um in that in that effect individuals say in the housing market because these interest rates in in some ways are kind of pegged uh, to to kind of the interest rates that the fed sets um uh, might might cool you know in, in purchasing there as they see their ability to purchase a home uh, their purchasing power go down as as uh, you know potential mortgages go up um and so it has this ripple effect of kind of slowing down economic activity uh, which in turn is then would would reduce prices or reduce the pressures on demand, which brings down prices. Um, now, again, though, uh, a lot of this stems from this idea that as the Fed increases interest rates, you would want it to connect fundamentally to those underarching pressures. But as as we're looking at this moment, it doesn't connect to those pressures. Um, when we talk about the war in, in, in Ukraine with Russia. Uh, raising interest rates doesn't address the that that doesn't address that fundamental challenge. When we talk about supply chain issues or we talk about the pandemic, it doesn't address those fundamental issues. So, um so and Powell acknowledges this. So when raising interest rates takes place in this in this moment, we kind of get the negatives of it, which is slowing down economic growth, uh, limits on employment growth, um limits on potentially rage growth. Um, but not necessarily addressing some of those underlying things that will actually take uh, action from Congress and from lawmakers as opposed to the Federal Reserve. Um, I think also important here, what we can lift up, is the ways in which individuals uh, and households interpret inflation or price increases. Now, they might see the cost of gas increase. They might be talking about rent. They could be talking about healthcare costs, uh, but that is fundamentally a different set of items than just necessarily the things that we think of as kind of CPI or inflation. So I think when we talk to individual people and we talk about the kinds of pressures that they're facing on their own budgets, a lot of those things can actually be much more better addressed by good policy making than they are by interest rate hikes that are trying to, to lower this broad measure of inflation.
0: So the Federal Reserve has not really acknowledged the fact that corporate profiteering is at an all-time high. Now, the Federal Reserve may not necessarily be able to do anything about that directly, but that should be factoring into its calculations on inflation, right? So so setting aside what the Federal Reserve can or can't do, what policymakers can or can't do, What really is causing inflation? Isn't inflation simply prices going up? And in this case, prices going up because corporations are setting those prices high. They're claiming it's because their costs are going up, but their costs aren't really going up because wages aren't rising as fast as inflation is rising. And they're certainly not rising as fast as corporate profits are rising, right?
1: That's absolutely right. So uh, we've done a a lot of work here at the Groundwork Collaborative to pour through hundreds and hundreds of earnings calls. So earnings calls uh, for publicly traded companies. uh, This is when CEO or the CFO gets on a call with shareholders and talks about basically their corporate activity over the past quarter. Um, And what we've seen over the course of the pandemic. Is that company after company and sector after sector has gone on to their shareholders and bragged about their ability to raise prices well above what their additional costs might dictate, and they're able to do this one because of market power in many sectors. Do we only have a handful of large corporations who are really setting the terms in that specific sector? Um, two, they have this smokescreen of kind of the the pandemic of supply chain issues, of the kind of sociopolitical unrest that I was talking about earlier, that allows for them to say, look, we have to raise prices, inflation, we have to raise prices, our input costs are going up. And to some extent, we see that that's the case, but not nearly to the extent that they're actually raising uh, the the magnitude by which they're raising prices. And so when we look at actual inflation and and the contributions that, you know, wages, Or corporate greed and profits takes a uh, takes into account into to rising inflation. We see that corporate profiteering in this moment is a much larger portion of that growth than some of these other factors that they would want you to believe are the case.
0: So, what can control inflation? Now that we know the true cause of inflation, it seems as though the only way to get corporations to stop. Raising prices is to somehow regulate them or you know, have the government uh, prevent them from raising prices inordinately. It can only, you know, of course, whenever you talk in those terms, all of a sudden you are branded a socialist and uh, wow. you're going to be curbing innovation and squashing capitalism and killing freedoms, et cetera. Um, but we know that the government can do this. And in fact, in the Inflation Reduction Act, on one sort of tiny, narrow aspect of healthcare profiteering, the government did or has taken a step to rein in profiteering, right?
1: That's absolutely right. So so I think there are three avenues that policymakers can and should take in this moment uh, to uh, provide, you know, real tangible relief and bring down prices. So the first is holding the wealthy and corporations accountable. And what do I mean by this? I think first is, you know, regulations and you know, just enforcing laws that are already on the books when it comes to profiteering and empowering either states or the federal government and making sure that corporations uh, are not taking advantage of this moment uh, and not taking advantage of consumers for a quick buck, right? Um, there are other kinds of regulations that we can put in place. So one thing that just recently passed is the Ocean Shipping Reform Act. Uh, and this bill actually increases regulation of the uh, ocean shipping industry, which is Uh, severely concentrated in just a small handful of of companies. Um, And that has contributed significantly to some of the supply chain issues that we've been talking about over the past couple of years, right? So so additional regulations in in specific key industries can also go uh, very far. There's also been other legislation proposed around excess profits tax. So when we know that corporations are profiteering in a specific industry, uh, we can apply what we call an excess profit tax that says, "Okay, we know that in in normal times your profits look like this. Right now, we can see that your profits are way out of line with that. We're going to, you know, tax some X percentage of that kind of excess profit because right now that's really gravy, and it would be much better um, used to make sure that people can make ends meet in difficult times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think there should be additional rules." Uh, and, and regulations around how we, you know, how we make sure a corporation in a specific sector may be too large or too powerful, and in looking for ways that we either, you know, break up those corporations or ensure that smaller businesses uh, and more competition can take place. Uh, so that's one one avenue. It's just making sure that we're holding large corporations accountable and enforcing rules in some in some ways that are already on the books. Uh, there's also key. Um, I, there's also important things to do around. Uh, investing in productive capacity, right? Making sure that we have the physical infrastructure, uh, that we're we're investing in green economic growth, uh, that we're making sure that workers have the rights that they need to be able to, to um, enforce and make sure that their workplaces are safe. All of these kinds of things can also look to relieve some of the pressure on our supply chain uh, and uh, allow for goods to, to go to market uh, and meet demand. Uh, and then, lastly, uh, and I think this is probably most critical is, regardless of what's happening in terms of inflation, is helping people. So that we know right. um, the, the cost of rent, we know the cost of healthcare, um, uh, food. As these prices go up, the government can do it, it can take explicit steps to make sure that we're expanding the housing stock, uh, that people have supports in in being able to buy food. Um, for instance, the uh, The universal free lunch program is expiring, Uh, and a lot of students who were either qualifying for reduced price lunch or who previously hadn't were able to have free breakfast and lunch, but that's going away. So there are things that are directly uh, situated for policymakers that they can do to help with rising prices explicitly.
0: And uh, so finally, as your organization Groundwork Collaborative um, says, the economy should be based on benefiting people, right? Can you close out with what that means and why emphasizing that requires a uh, mindset shift in this country because we have for far too long been measuring the health of our economy by the health of corporate profits, by the Dow Jones indicator, you know, marketplace like to tout that every single day the the popular NPR program every single day as a measure of the health of the economy and we know that those two things are disconnected when corporations are thriving it has little bearing on whether the rest of us are thriving
1: that's absolutely right and i think there's a really interesting example that we can lift up from chairman powell's speech so chairman powell talks about the importance of having stable prices um, and he says that, you know, when, when we have price instability, people suffer. Well, if we were actually centering people, I think we would be able to acknowledge that even with stable prices, many, many people were suffering uh, in, in this country. And when we take our focus off of individuals, when we take our focus off of families, off of workers, off of communities across this country, uh, and we focus more on these high level numbers of inflation, or GDP, we start to lose sight of what is actually needed for a strong, healthy economy. And that means making strong investments in, in healthcare, in education, in our climate, uh, in in um, quality jobs, the, the foundational pillars that allow people to wake up every day, to make ends meet, and ultimately thrive. Uh, and so at the uh, and so you're actually right. You're exactly right. At Groundwork Collaborative, we say we are the economy. Um, people who get up every day, uh, and get out there and try and make ends meet. Uh, and when we reframe the economy to understand that it's folks like that that drive economy, drive broad growth, uh, we make different um, policy decisions that ultimately uh, support all of us.
0: Give out the website for the organization?
1: Absolutely. Uh, groundworkcollaborative.org. You can also check out a lot of our research on corporate profiteering at corporateprofiteering.org
0: And we'll post links to the, both of those from our website. Mike, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thanks so much for having
0: me. My guest has been Michael Mitchell, Director of Policy and Research at Groundwork Collaborative. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.